Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Drinks with Allie podcast, where we're talking everything from red red wine to pina coladas. My name is Allie, and I'm your host. This is episode 28. Today is Friday, February 19th, and this is a free-for-all Friday. Since Friday's episodes are all about freewheeling and a little bit of a random collection of topics, today we will be taking a general overview look at beer. We'll talk a Take a look at how we make beer and some of the well-known styles of beer and what makes them so unique. So let's jump on in. Beer is likely the oldest form of alcoholic beverage. In fact, just this week, they found the remains of the world's oldest quote-unquote high-production brewery in Egypt, um, buried amongst the tombs, which is super-duper cool. Um, and they've found remains of brewing equipment in just about every ancient corner of the world. Other than wine, beer making has to be the easiest and simplest alcohol to make. So wines, it's just grapes and yeast. Um, beer is water, barley, hops, and yeast. So a couple extra ingredients, but still pretty basic. The basics of beer making are pretty simple. And it goes a little something like this. Firstly, we always need malted barley um, in order for beer to be made. Even wheat beers uh, have a solid amount of barley in them. This is because barley is used to help convert the starch in the other grains into simple sugars that the grains can that can be eaten up by the yeast to create alcohol. Um, so you have to use barley because it has the ability to convert. There are other um, grains that can convert those sugars, or those starches into sugars, but barley is definitely the easiest and most traditional. So the grains arrive at the brewery malted to various levels, so similar to um, scotch, they're laid out and they begin an initial fermentation or germination period, and then they're stopped and roasted. And they're roasted or malted to various different levels. Some can be sweet with a more caramelly note, and others can be quite heavily malted with a charcoaly um, and bitter taste to them. Once the brewer selects the malts based on the flavor profile they want to find in the final beer. Um, so for example, a dark bitter beer, so like an ESP style, uh, we use more of a heavily malted grain um, than the sweeter ones. Something like a cream ale, for example, is much, much, much lighter in malting. So it just kind of depends on what we're making. So after we carefully measure the grains by weight, uh, we put them through a grinder to break them apart. Basically, this just cracks the hulls off of all the grain and leaves us with bits and pieces of the grain kind of split apart. From there, we take the grains to the mash tun. Um, which is just kind of like a giant pot. There the mash has hot water added to it, which allows the enzymes in the barley to convert the starch in the grains into other sugars. So this is where that process happens, right? Where we talked about the barley converting the starch. It happens in the mash tun while we're heating up the grains and adding water to them. So once the grains have mashed for a set length of time, Again, depending on the recipe or style that the brewer is going for, we then drain the liquid off. 
So basically we separate the liquids from the solids. While we're draining the liquid off, uh, we add hot water back to the grain mix. We call this sparging, and it's basically like washing whatever sugars happen to be left on the grain off, making sure we leave none of the good sugary awesomeness behind in any of the grain. From the mash tin, the liquid is transferred to the kettle, um, which again just looks like a giant pot. In the kettle, the liquid is boiled. Again, the length of time depends on the recipe and or style the brewer is going for. So a lot of this can be kind of stylistic as to what you're making or what the brewer themselves likes. Um, at this point, the hops start to join the party. Yes, all beer also have hops, just like they have barley. Even your lighter lager styles, um, which don't seem like they have hops, have hops in them. It's uh, kind of a requirement. Um, the hops get added at different times in the boiling process based on whether they're being added for bittering, flavor profile, or aromatic compounds. So, whether they're being added for bitterness in the beer, the taste, or the smell characteristics that we're going to get when we drink the beer. For the kettle, post-boil. Um, from the kettle, sorry, post-boil, the liquid, which is now called wort, gets transferred to a tank. Um, like a giant fermentation tank. There, yeast is added and the tank is held at a stable temperature to ensure a full and complete fermentation. Again, um, stylistically, there is some stuff that can happen after fermentation and before conditioning that involves different temperature control, settling and racking, um, just kind of depending on the recipe. We won't get into that too specifically today, though. Um, at this point, we can also do what's called dry hopping. Essentially, this is where we add the hops straight into the fermented beer. Dry hopping adds a ton more flavor and aroma versus just adding the hops in the wort when it's swirling around a little whirlpool. Um, so we can get different flavors and different kind of characteristics from there. Once the beer has fermented and had anything like dry hopping done to it, um, and clearing a lot of breweries will find their wines at this point, so they clear them using various fining agents, stuff like gelatin, um, to help make a, the product less hazy. Um, the beer can either be cask finished, so in a wood or stainless mid-sized barrel or a large-sized barrel. It can be bottle conditioned, so secondary fermentation can happen in the bottle, much like a bottle of champagne would. Or it can be carbonated by forced carbonation. This is definitely the most common way for commercial breweries to carbonate their beer, and it's by no means a sign of poor quality or anything like that. From there, there is just left to can, bottle, or keg the beer, chill it down, and enjoy it. So it's a pretty easy process compared to a lot of other things, but at the same time, there's a lot to know, and it's a lot of recipe involvement. It's a lot of hurry up and wait. So you gotta hurry up and do something right away, and then you gotta wait. You gotta hurry up and do something, and then you gotta wait. So it's a bit of a, a process. Alrighty. After all of that, let's take a peek at the most common and popular styles of beer. This is by no means an extensive list of styles. 
just the ones that I see a lot on my travels in alcohol and in the hospitality industry. So by far and away, the most popular beer style here in North America is the IPA, or the India Pale Ale. So originally these beers were brewed in England, had hops added as a preservative to the beer and to the barrels that they were shipped in, and then they were shipped over to India for the troops to consume both on their journey and when they arrived. And um, when they arrived, they found that they liked the taste profile of the beers that had more and more hops in them, thus creating the IPA. Nowadays, they are more closely associated with long-haired, bearded hipsters than they are British soldiers, but um, the style still remains. And then we've also seen things happen with more and more hops and more and more bittering. So IPAs are distinctively hoppy and bitter. They're designed to showcase the hops themselves and less the malt. And when I say that, um, just know, guys, uh, at the brewery that I work at, we have currently probably 15 to 20 different hops that we can pull for a beer or multiple of them can go in a single beer. Um, so they do each smell and taste distinctively different. They have different flavor profiles, depending on what we want to do. So sub to the traditional IPA, we also have the DIPA, or double IPA, so that's spelled the IPA. Um, it's twice the alcohol, sometimes getting up into 10% kind of range for alcohol, and often has a lot more hops to it. You can get triples, um, and I have seen quads out there too. It's a lot of fermentation, finagling in order to get that much sugar. So, and they do pack quite a wallop. There's also the white IPA, which is a fruity and spicier version. Um, we tend to get more of like a coriander note in these beers. And it's much clearer. It's not white by any means, but it's definitely like a pale yellow. And then there's the Nipa or the New England IPA, which is a hazy version of an IPA, um, uses grains more closely associated with the Northeast in the U.S., um, and has only just become an official um, style within beer-making guidelines in the last year or so. So there's not a lot of info that you can find about how you make them. Um, it's kind of a broad, overarching subject or style matter. Alrighty, up next, stouts. So stouts encompass everything from your stouts to your porters. Pretty much most of your dark beers kind of fall into this general category. There are two distinctive styles. There's the English or very traditional style and the American style. And while the American ones definitely pay homage to the British traditional count their British traditional counterparts. They're, they are bigger, stronger in alcohol, have a more roast forward and more hop centric flavor profile. So uh, while the British ones are bitter and dark, they're not they're more malty versus roasted, and they tend to have hops as kind of a secondary and background note. All in all, all the stouts, though, are strong, they're bitter, or they can be quite sweet, kind of depending. There's, again, two thoughts, two schools of thoughts on that. They're very dark in color, so this is where you tend to see your dark, dark browns and your black beers, and have 
a more coffee and cream, malted sweetness, and sometimes even chocolate or nutty notes to their flavor profiles. So definitely leaning more towards like darker notes than you would think anything else. And um, most IPAs tend to have more of like a tropical note um, or like grapefruit, citrus note, and that's because of the hops. So that's um, all straight up hop profiling there. Alrighty, wheat beers. This is kind of a large category as well, since it encompasses all beers that contain at least 50% of the mash bill, so that is the, the grain bill when we're weighing it out, as wheat. They have a distinctively crisp taste with little hop trace in the beer, um, and often they have a pineapple or banana or even tropical notes to them as well. Um, we see a lot of these coming from um, Germany. It tends to be more where we see them, less so from England. So it's a little bit more of a Germanic or um, uh, totally lost my train of thought there, guys. A kind of a more of a Germanic style of beer making than it is a an English style of beer. And that's okay because they're pretty cool. And again, they're nice and light, they're crisp, they're easy to drink. Lagers. So, considered, quote, the everyday American beer, the ha these beers tend to have a wide public appeal and aren't very complex. They have a smooth, accessible flavor profile um, that doesn't have a lot of discernible tasting note to it. Um, you get something like, oh, it's a little bit creamy, or it's got a little bit of sweetness to it. Um, maybe a little citrus fruit, but it's not overly complex, and it's not overly difficult to drink. And they're generally highly carbonated. So these are definitely kind of your mass market, um, easy to drink, ready to go beers that most people associate with kind of pre-craft beer style beer. Now, having said that, Tons and tons and tons of craft breweries make a lager or a lager style because um, this also encompasses stuff like pilsners, light ales, blondes, everything in there. Alrighty, rounding out the beer styles I see a lot is or are sours. Again, these fall into two styles. So you have the older or Germanic style of lambics, which are soured in barrel um, or sometimes in the tank. And then we have the more modern, kind of quote-unquote, safe sour, which kettle sours um, pre-mash boil. So we grind the grains, we sour the grains, and then we boil them. Um, all of these, though, carry a distinctive sour taste, which is created by lactobacillus bacteria. Um, it ferments and sours the grains or the beers themselves. And, um, again, these can be uh, kind of very distinctively flavor profiled. And some of them do have fruit added to them um, in the kettle or in the tank, um, which is where you get kind of that fruity sour, so ones that have kind of more of a jam taste. I personally think sours are delicious, and they often have the coolest sweet sour flavor profiles to them. So, what's your favorite style of beer? Let me know by sending me an email to drinkswithally at gmail.com. You can also head on over to the website, 
which is drinkswithally.com, and leave a comment on Podcast 28's page on the website under pod. Or if you want to send me a show topic idea, uh, question, comment, or concern, you can use the contact form there on the website as well. You can also find me on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MeWe, uh, TikTok, Spotify, and Pinterest. All of them are at Drinks with Allie. Remember, Allie is spelled A-L-I. Um, no craziness going on there, just A-L-I. So with that, guys, have a great weekend. Fill your glass with something tasty. Cheers, everyone.